0: Good morning, Lansing Tab, and it's uh, such a joy and a privilege to be able to worship with you this morning and to be able to praise the Lord for all his goodness. I just want to say thank you, Glenis, for uh, reading the scripture for us this morning, and thank you, uh, Rebecca, for leading us in worship. Before we look at uh, this passage in 2 John, let us pray to the Lord and ask for his help. Lord, we come to you and we realize that we can't do anything without your help. We thank you for the scripture, we thank you for the word of God recorded in it. Thank you Lord that uh, it's a light on our path and in our journey with the Lord we can look there and find guidance. We pray that you will speak to us this morning and we pray that in truth we will build up and will grow in love. In the name of Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Truth in love is the title of this message today, um, and Second John is uh, one of the shortest books in the Bible, together do, together with uh, Third John, um, and both of them have thirteen verses, and together with First John they make, uh, well, they are part of a, a trilogy, and in in this book the author uh, addresses. Um, the false teachings um, on the person of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ it might be a short uh, letter but uh, in the same time it has a lot of weight to it so the first part verse 1 to verse 3 is, is, is an introduction and, and the author uh, introduces himself he is uh, the elder and we can presume here um, although some scholars argue that it's um, John the uh, Apostle the author of this um, letter or is uh, a church leader from the first century called John however we have no reasons to believe that Uh, so we we will accept the the fact that John the Apostle is the author of this um, of this book Um, he's he's got obviously the apostolic authority Um, he is the one who's been there with Jesus through his trials um, and through his crucifixion and uh, his resurrection and ascension to, to heaven so he's got a first hand witness of what God has done through Jesus Christ um, our Lord, he also has the maturity uh, and he's got the position of authority uh, in the church uh, of of God, so he addresses his letter he addresses his letter. Uh, he says to the chosen lady or to the elect lady and her children now uh, here again the scholars are are debating if it's um, uh, addressed to a church or is addressed to a particular family um, obviously in either either way, this letter has a message um, for for the believers either they are a family or a community of of believers uh, a church. Um, the letter has a message uh, and it has a message for us today and the Apostle John he says and the elected lady whom I love in truth the author's view of truth leads to love and reality is that uh, when we know the truth and we're not talking here about we're not talking here about uh, a philosophical idea Um, or something made up by a human mind we are talking about the truth Um, and if you remember in John uh, chapter 14 verse 6 Jesus talks about himself and he says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me and it's a reality that we cannot connect with God unless we go to Jesus God in Jesus made the deity, revealed to humankind, uh, made us accessible, made it accessible to each one of us uh, to come to God. So the truth is alive and the truth lives in the lives of the believers, lives in the church. So the message is for a community as well as individuals. The author goes on and he talks about the things that connect him with this particular group of believers and he talks about the grace the mercy and the peace the grace it's impossible to know God without it the mercy it's impossible to be saved without it and the peace is impossible to live abundant life without it all this comes from God the Father revealed In the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the Father's Son. You see here John talks about the fact that the Father and the Son are one, they cannot be separated. I think the challenge for us today is to sit down and consider the truth that we believe. As a community, as individuals, the truth will impact every single area of our lives. The truth that we believe will impact our family life it will impact our work life it will impact our social relationships uh, it will impact every single thing that we do and we say what we believe it will come out the truth set us free but also produces love in us someone said that the community of love is as wide as the community of truth The second part in this letter is from uh, verses 4 to verse 6 and there uh, John talks about uh, loving one another and it's a very important uh, important subject walking in the truth means living the Christian life not just knowing the truth as a theoretical level the elder writes some of your children are walking in the truth so that implies that some of them are not so to follow the truth is not just an option in a in a faith book uh, it's a command from god the father follow, uh, following god's com- uh, commandments can sound very legalistic and indeed in an era where a christian church is proclaimed the freedom in christ um, and sometimes this freedom in Christ can imply of doing whatever you like to do. But it's not really like that. It's not quite like that. It's, it's a full circle. Let me just, just talk to you about it. So we've got knowing the truth and that has an impact on us. That produces love, love for God. Love for God produces obedience to His commands, obedience to His Word. And then again, we'll increase and improve our knowledge of the truth. You see, as we draw near to God, we cannot only but bow down and obey His Word. His Word has power. If at the beginning, at one word, when God said, "Let it be light," it was light. Now imagine when we read the riches of God's Word. And that, that reveals that Jesus Christ is the only Savior and all that He has done. How much more power that has in a believer's life. John doesn't write to his listeners to give them a new command. He tells them, you know what, this command is an old command. It's been there from the beginning. And He was there at the beginning when Jesus said, People will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Love is not necessarily uh, uh, emotional but it can be. Love is a response to God's love. Love is to serve unconditionally, to sacrifice for others, to see others above you, to seek the lonely, the poor, the widow and the orphan in their distress. And in these difficult times, I think Christian Church has the right moment and the right opportunity to show God's love. To stretch an arm of friendship to the neighbour, to the single mum with three kids who's struggling to to make ends meet from one month to another. To look for the oppressed, for the foreigner. The person who is always blamed that is coming to, um, to the country to take what is, what is best here. There, is, there has to be a walk in love, not just a talk about love. And that is what the truth does in us. The truth transforms us entirely. The third part of this letter, uh, John talks about the false teachers um, and he gives clear instructions with regard to those. We found that uh, uh, John talks about the false teachers uh, and the truth, the the false truths that they propagate because he doesn't want his uh, brothers and sisters in Christ to be deceived and in I've, I've looked it up and the Cambridge dictionary tells us that uh, a deceiver is someone who deceives people obviously but also very interesting a note that is made there it could be a difficult to detect a lie especially from a well practiced deceiver so sometimes the truth can be only slightly altered but it's still not the truth it might look like the truth but it's not the truth so we have to be careful uh, people who used to uh, be in a church, uh, people who slipped away and then they come back and they uh, confess or some sort of uh, divine revelation, an enlightenment that they experience uh, and they deceive themselves and they try to deceive and draw others into error. The problem John identifies here is with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. What they do is they deny Jesus' Incarnation. Denying His Incarnation denies God's power, the God's presence here on earth with us, denies the resurrection, denies the fundamental truth of um, of the gospel. Now, this is not the first time when the Christian church faces something like that. Paul, in, um, in his letter, to the church in Corinth addresses this issue um, and then in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 he writes, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then being found uh, to be false witnesses about God, for, for we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead, but He did not raise Him, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. And and then he takes the argument Further and explains um, where uh, the argument uh, falls short and is not real. John takes a radical stand on their case. He calls them the deceiver and the antichrist. Well, he kind of puts an equal sign with the devil. And he gives clear instructions to the group of believers that he addresses his letter to. He said, do not entertain such a person. Do not let them in your house. Uh, Do not be part of their uh, proclamation. Do not support them in any way. Do not be a a distributor of their teaching. Do not uh, promote such a a person. Um, Do not share in their uh, wicked works they are running ahead they think that they are something but they're actually nothing the warning i believe is is to all of us i think god has has uh, given us um, the word of god and he has given us mind and he has given us understanding of the scripture to be able to weigh what is being said and i think the the tricky point is we've been in a, a lockdown for six months or so we've the opportunity to listen to uh, preaching online, on Facebook, on YouTube, different social media channels. We've been uh, having so so many options, thousands and thousands. If you you wanted to you could listen to a sermon every single uh, hour of the day. But we have to be careful and weigh carefully what is coming through our phone, what is coming through our computer, what is coming through our uh, radio on our TV. We have to weigh very, very careful what is the truth. You see, we need certain maturity, and to have that maturity, we need to dwell in the truth of God and to develop our love for God and to develop our obedience to God. You see, we're going back to that circle when we got got to know the truth, and that sets us free. But it's not to abuse that freedom, but to love and to obey and to follow God It's very important what kind of Christian books we read and we need to make a difference to those who promote the truth or that have a truth on their own It's very dangerous you see if only in the incarnation of of Jesus is such a small thing people deny that and you think, oh well, it's not a big deal. But that changes the whole thing, really. That kind of destroys the foundation of the Christian faith. There is no Christian faith. There is no salvation if there is no incarnation. So I encourage you to search your heart, and I challenge you to listen to careful to what is being preached, um, what is being said more than anything read the scripture because god speaks in the scripture make sure that you stand in a sound doctrine that is based on the scripture and we're going to close this morning by saying that john didn't write anymore, he says to his listeners, uh, I'm, I'm going to stop with the writing here, I'd rather have real fellowship, I'd rather be there face to face with you, I'd rather have the joy of um, seeing you and speaking to you face to face, although there are many other things that they wanted to write to you and I think after so many months of being away from each other, we all feel that need to see you but we still have to be patient, we still have to follow the rules, uh, we still have to protect each other and protect one another. If that is part of loving us and loving God and loving the truth and walking in the truth. So may God bless you and keep you and may He always be with you in Jesus' mighty name.
1: My heart to fear And grace my fears relieved How precious did that grace appear The hour I first believed My chains are gone I've been set See you. things are gone that God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son will be kind and merciful to us. May they grant us peace and truth and love. And may the blessings of God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.